It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellie. Coming up on episode number 92 of the Night Talker, taking a break from our usual shenanigans for part five of my series of conversations, I guess, with the McKays. That would be Camilla and Tom McKay. I am your host, Trey Elling. Give me a follow on Twitter at Courtesy Wave and do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027 ESPN. And now I am happy to welcome back into my home studio, Camilla and Tom. Y'all, how are we doing today? Swag. Doing excellent. What does swag mean? Um, did you ask me this the first time we no, recorded? Nobody has ever asked you what I swag like means. People always ask me that. Swag, it means groovy. It means I'm chilling. Okay. It means the world is vibing and I'm on that wave. So you, my friend, were in Wisconsin Kenosha. This last Kenosha, Wisconsin. You have to say, oh my God. No. Oh my God. Oh crap. Oh my God. Yeah. Say, oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, they, they've got a lot of their Midwesternisms, as I like to call them, because I'm married to a Midwesterner, and she has unique ways to say so many different things. Things that we just take for granted when we say something like heart attack, people in the Midwest <laughs> say, do you know? Do you no, know? No. Oh, we had a grabber. A, had a grabber. grabber. Yeah, started grabber. grabbing that left arm. That means that that person's about to die a heart attack. Die of a heart attack. And I can <laughs> picture by the people in Kenosha that a lot of them die of heart attacks, probably. Uh, yeah, probably shoveling snow, too, because they are in terrible shape year-round, but then they try and get out there. <laughs> right now, they're just complaining outside, yeah. and it's snow. so hot because it's it hit 80 degrees. It's all relative, and I used to mock Chicagoans when they would complain that it's getting way too hot in the upper 80s, even with a little bit of that lakefront humidity, but then you live there long enough and you start to understand. Then you come back to Texas and realize you people are complaining about absolutely nothing when it's 105 plus here every day. Walked out of the airport at 2 a.m. on Sunday, well, Monday morning. Coming back from Wisconsin. Coming back from Wisconsin, and it just hits you like a sauna as the doors open. I thought... They were complaining about 80. It had to be 95 degrees still here. So, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. It wasn't It wasn't even warm in Wisconsin. It was beautiful weather all the time. The other day, I went on a run outside. I don't know why. I just was, like, feeling the call, you know, of the wind, and I was like, I'm going to run. So I ran, and I got back, and I got back to the house, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and I didn't feel bad at all, but I looked at myself, and I went, am I dying? Because my face was so red and scary. And it, it was literally just from being in the sun. Like, just the sun touching me made me look like I was about to die. Like, burn. You know your first problem there? What? Going for a run. That's what I'm saying. I regretted it the second I got home. Like, I was like, I don't know why I did the this. The kid works out in the, the morning, gym. goes and does dance classes and teaches dance. And then she has to go for a run on top of that. No, but I did it on the weekend. It was like my little break from the gym. How long are you running when you say go for a run? I just did a mile. It only took me, like... 12 minutes with the heat. Okay, so you're going a reasonable rate then. You're not it trying was to like, break it was a world like, record. No, no, no. It was a little lap around my neighborhood, and then I would go home and, like, stretch it. Like, it was an easy. It was an easy day. How but often even, do you work out? Twice? Three times a day? No. Okay. Like, once a day. That's what he's... Okay, he just yeah, said yeah, you yeah. go in the morning, and then you no, go no, do no, dance. No, 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 no. It's like, I like to do different things. So, like, I like to dance one day, and then maybe do weights one day, and then maybe go on a run a different day, and then maybe just, like, do a walk and a stretch one day. I like to mix it up. It's really healthy to mix it up. They yeah. say the same thing about diet too, but I've also heard the uh, ideology that you're better off diet-wise to like eat a strict diet, to not work a variety in, but to eat the same five or six things every meal. Like That's just what rotate people through those say, same five But or six then things. your five or six things end up being like ice cream, Peanut nachos, 
Nutella. Macaroni and cheese. Um, yeah. What's another one? Popsicles. To- Tostitos and, and nacho cheese sauce. Um, <laughs> mac and cheese. <laughs> Anyways, as you can tell, we just basically gave you our grocery list. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't like that method because <laughs> I need like a variety, you know? I like, I don't know. I eat by my moods a lot because sometimes I'll want something like quote-unquote healthy, you know, like everyone considers, but other times I'm like, man, what's the harm? Well, quote-unquote healthy is a marketing scheme at this point. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about packaged foods where it's calling something all natural or organic or low this or low that. Usually they're compensating someplace else. Yes. They're referring to it as healthy, but it's got a bright colored package. My favorite on the organic is when people, because we love bananas. Mm-hmm. Love to buy, look, we buy bananas every time we go to the grocery store. And organic bananas cost like six times what regular banana, you know, Chiquita bananas cost. Because <laughs> a pound of Chiquitas is like they're 49 fi- cents They're or 39 something. cents each yeah. or whatever. They don't yeah. even charge them by the pound anymore. They're just mm. per banana. And But you go buy organic bananas and they're like $1.90 a pound or something. And you're going, Good Lord. guy, what is wrong with you people? It's got a peel. It doesn't matter what was sprayed <laughs> at it. You're eating the banana on the inside. I don't even care what it was grown in or what kind of fertilizers were used. It's a banana. There's yeah. A, it's a naturally grown fruit. I've heard the organic thing described as you're not necessarily paying for that much higher quality food, which I don't always agree with. I think you have a point with the banana peel bit, but I've heard that you are paying for what you're paying for when you buy organic is not just higher quality produce. It's also the people out in the fields harvesting those fruits and vegetables, not being exposed to those toxic chemicals also, which is an interesting way to look at it. I don't know how true that is because everything is so mechanical these days, but for uh, those individuals who are out in the field, maybe it uh, does to make a difference. Yeah. I'll tell you what, three days in Wisconsin, you have to eat healthy for a couple days afterward because there was no healthy eating in Wisconsin. Greatest food. I'm not complaining about it, but my Lord, even I felt like a fat pig after getting home. Man. <laughs> I don't know if it's the greatest food either, though. Oh, it was so delicious. Oh, oh yes, land, it is. The land of oh. cheese curds. In fact, we landed in oh we landed in Milwaukee, Dude. Wisconsin. And oh, by the way, I'm going to tell you, this, this was wild on the way there. Something happened. We don't, she heard this story from my wife. We don't know what happened, but for some reason, apparently everybody thought there was something like physically wrong with me. So when we got on the first plane. Uh-huh. They brought me, like, apple juice and all this kind of stuff. Okay, they had, like, a layover, but they weren't getting off the plane. So they, everyone deplaned, and then my mom and dad and, like, six other people were on the plane, right? Uh So they're waiting for everyone else to board. And while they're, like, waiting, the the flight attendant comes by and goes, are you okay, sir? Like, like, how are you doing? Like, how are you? Are Are you doing okay? Are you doing okay? And he's like, yeah. And my mom's taking out her airbox. She's like, what's going on? And my dad's like, I don't know. And then the pilot <laughs> leaves the cockpit and comes back and says, sir, is everything okay with you today? Yeah, everything's fine. Everything is great. And he goes, we just want to make sure you're doing okay. And he didn't talk to anybody else in the plane. And even the people sitting around is like, what's going on, dude? I don't have any idea what's going on right now. And then we get off the plane after everybody treats me like, a leper of some kind almost. And we go leper to get, special needs. We go, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's definitely special needs. That's me. Come on. And, <laughs> but then we go to, we walk across the little sidewalk there to the rental car place. And there's a line at the rental car checkouts 
that is all the way to the end of the building. Uh And my wife says, I'm sitting right here. You go wait in line. That's fair. And so I start start walking down to the end of the line. And I get about halfway through, you know, going past the line only. Like halfway. And this guy comes up to me and he goes, sir, would you like to just go get your car right now? And I said, sure, what's going on? And he moves the, the line aside and takes me to the counter and they immediately give me, they say that you, you've got your, and your car will be ready in 45 minutes. And I said, well, no, I had a reservation for a car though. And she goes, well, we don't have the SUV that you wanted, but if you'd like to take a full size car, you can just take it right now. It's in number 68. And I said, okay. And they gave me the keys and I leave. And my wife's like, what's going on? Are you not going to wait? And I said, no, they just gave me keys to a car and said, go. Everybody's treating me like there was something so wrong with me. Like I could, I think they just didn't want me to yell. Or something. I guess they knew I was that guy. They have your name like posted in every single airport. And they're like, if you see this man, get him out as soon as possible. But I actually, and it was funny. <laughs> I as, bet you that's what's up. It's like, the one America's bet. most wanted a-hole. Literally. It's the, like, it's the one. be on that list too. It's the one time traveling that I didn't have a shirt with a saying on it that's yeah. being very mean to other people and yeah. stuff. I actually had a, no saying on the shirt. It was just an orange Tommy Bahama t-shirt. And everybody treated me like, I felt like they thought I was dying. Did and you feel like you were dying? I felt so good. It was, I was like, I'm, the weather's going to be great. Everything's going to be. So we get out, we get the rental car and it says 28 minutes to Kenosha, Wisconsin on the little map thing. And so I said, well, hold we- on, we're going to pause real quick because okay. I don't want to have to cut this story up at all. So we are up on our first commercial break. We will be back. Tom McKay, Camilla McKay here on the Night Talker. I almost said it again, Camilla, right here on 1027 ESPN. More with the McKays coming up next. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back here on the Night Talker, spending the hour with the McKays. That would be Camilla and Tom. And Tom was just talking about his trials and tribulations and making it to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Started with being treated like a god on the flight to Wisconsin. And when they get to Wisconsin, the seas part like he's Moses so that he can get his <laughs> rental car. Can't ever figure out why this is happening, but uh, I paused you in the middle of your story of driving to Kenosha, and what were you about That's where the good stuff really started. Okay. Because we're driving, we're getting, we're going to go to the hotel first just to drop off our stuff and then go see some folks. And as we take the exit at Kenosha in only 22 minutes, not 28, because the rental car I had to... Couldn't hit triple digits. The Malibu, by the way, is a terrible car. But I could have told you that one. Oh, it was awful. But as we take the exit, what is there? The famous brat stop. One of my cousin, Steve, God rest his soul, used to play there in his band and stuff like that when we were growing up and and afterward. And they have live music six nights a week or something there. And I said, hun, we got to go to the brat stop. And she said, okay. So they serve brats. Oh, yeah. Brats, she got pastrami or something, but I get brats, and so we get the brats and and tater tots, and it just oh, I bet they have good tater tots. So good, everything. The fried food in that part of the country hits just a little bit different. So that was the beginning of the the horrible diet of there, because everything that was probably the best, most healthy meal I had the entire trip. Oh God, brat and tater tots with coleslaw. Oof. Oh, yeah, at least you mix in some mayonnaise-based coleslaw. There you go. But no, that was it, was, it was such a, 
It was an absolute fun trip, though. It really was until, yeah. of course, till the flight home, which we could talk about later. But the because um, Southwest Airlines deserves to be a little bomb blasted at some point. The, oh, um, they have been. Don't worry. And they yeah, will be well, they've, they've brought year? it upon themselves. The, the way there, yeah, they no, exactly. the way there, they made me feel like either I was dying or I was special, <laughs> one of the two. But on the way home, they just went out of their way to make what sure that, that all went way, away really quickly. What if that was their way of giving like a special like treatment? They're like, okay, guys, we're gonna we're gonna give him like the gold status, like gold status treatment, and that's what they do. Is they're like, actually, are you okay? We're gonna pick one person okay? out each time. Actually, we're gonna go ahead now because it'll ruin it later on. So. We're flying home okay. on Sunday night. Fast we're, forward. Fast forward. We're gonna get. We're supposed to get home at eleven o'clock. We have a layover of thirty minutes in St. Louis, Missouri, the worst airport in the United States, St. Louis, Missouri. And you made this argument last week. I've never been to the St. Louis airport, but terrible. I believe you because you have good judgment on these things. And you say that it's worse than like an LAX. No, this is the worst ever. They are worse than Denver. It's the worst hub because everything that hubs through there is somehow delayed. Mm. So we get we get notified on a text right before we land in St. Louis that our flight is now delayed till 1050. We're supposed to be flying out at nine. So I said, OK, this is great. At night, too. At night, Sunday night. And we got and we got work Monday, both of us. My wife had court and I had I had to get, be at the office at 730. And so we land. They change it to 1150. Now we're going to be leaving there at midnight, basically. And so I'm trying my darndest to not be making the wife angry by yelling at everybody. So we went and sat down at a restaurant. I gave the girl $50 and said, we're sitting here until midnight, basically. I don't care if you close the restaurant. We're not going to move. Here's here's some money. Just clean up around us and move on. Mm-hmm. And she was, thank you, thank you. And so at about 10 o'clock, finally, I decided I can't sit anymore. It's just been so long. So I went over to the little booth that they have there for the check-ins at the planes and stuff. We just happened to be lucky and got A2 and A3 in our check-in. So we're going to be the first ones on the plane. We know we're going to get the good seats that we want in the middle with the yeah. two seats only, so nobody next to us. And I asked the lady, could you just tell me what what is the delay on this flight? Why are we being delayed? Why is, why is this so behind? It seems like every time I come to St. Louis, y'all delay our flight more and more as we're here. Mm-hmm. And she said, well... The flight that we're waiting on for you is coming out of Baltimore and there's a lot of weather and it's delayed. And I said, ma'am, you really got to tell the truth at some point. You can't keep lying because if you'd look behind you, the game that I've been watching for the last three hours, there's the Yankees versus Baltimore in Baltimore and the weather is perfect. And that's on ESPN on a national broadcast. And she goes and she actually looked at me and she said, well, the weather could have been earlier. And I said, no, they've already said how the weather is perfect in Baltimore. They actually made a point to bring it up on ESPN. So you're lying to me, and we're looking at it on the screen. And that's an F-bomb started going. It got a little loud at that point. (laughs) A few people even clapped a little bit um, Mm. for me, which probably shouldn't have. So it just egged me on, and I kept going. And I know. Had, at that point, he has an audience. I know. They, they were did, like, give him 100, they, give him 100, they, they did go! ask me to just please leave <laughs> oh, the booth dumb. and go sit down or whatever. And I find my wife, of course, but luckily she wasn't around there, so she didn't have to see that. She was still yeah. taking care of other stuff. But significant others get so so embarrassed whenever we're having to prove a point, don't It they? was astounding me, though, that they want to tell me. I mean, all I'm asking for is just why is it delayed? Mm-hmm. And they give you an excuse that absolutely can't be true, and you're just – 
Why? Just tell me the truth. They started crutching the weather thing. That weather thing has always been a crutch for the airlines. It's weather mechanical. And for a while, they got the COVID excuse, even though that was complete BS. Also, when uh, pilots were staging walkouts over the vaccine mandate. Well, they've lost the COVID excuse for the most part, anyhow. So now they lean heavily on the weather, even though they know that's complete BS at least half the time, if not more. Yeah, no, it was, it was, and I will tell you this. We were talking about Wags earlier. Wags has got to be loving life because the Baltimore Orioles just keep, they won that game nine to three. They just keep winning. So Wags, maybe, just maybe, I know you're going to hear this. Maybe I'm going to say Baltimore might make the playoffs still. They're in first place right now. I doubt they'll be in first place at the end, but they might get a wild card. So why do you think Wisconsin has the best food in the country? Everything there is because I love junk food. I mean, they actually have Paelli's Bakery, a lot of Italian stuff in in Kenosha. And so they had Paelli's Bakery, and they would go get the Long John's with the custard filling and the the cream topping. And they – just boxes and boxes of them at the houses. Every, and so, so I, eclairs. I ate eight of those at least over the trip. And y'all saw the picture of the spaghetti that they served me at Ruffalo's Italian restaurant. Oh, yeah. That was absolutely hilarious. The, the, waitress, the waitress had to make fun of me. So that, the sausage and meatballs. Yes. Poor, that just was... like the genitalia of a mayo, which was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I like how he painted that picture there. That was Camilla. so scientific. If, if you guys can't picture the meatballs and sausage, you probably got to go take a picture of uh, male genitalia. Because um, <laughs> they had it served just like that was sitting on top of spaghetti noodles. But do you, no, everything. Do you, uh, so do you ever go up to Wisconsin with them? Yeah, with I've them? been. I've been once um, to meet the fam up there. I've been multiple times, right? Yes. What yeah. was your impression? But my first time of going, Wisconsin. it was very short. I wasn't there for okay. I wasn't there for a long time. Wisconsin's not a bad place. I Wisconsin a is a beautiful place. I've really I'm not going to say anything like negative. To, yeah. I don't have nothing negative about Wisconsin. There are itself. parts of Wisconsin yeah. that are beautiful. I agree with you. It, it it doesn't get as much love as Minnesota, which is obviously known as the land of a thousand lakes. But there are so many naturally beautiful parts of Wisconsin. My issue does come with the food, though, because the food. I get that it may be good in small doses, but like what you're talking about, how you spend three, four, five days there eating nothing but Wisconsin food, you feel like you're going to have a coronary on your way back. And that doesn't doesn't feel good after a couple of of meals for me. Weeks ago, I told you, they make Metamucil for a reason. I don't want to have to take medicine to validate. No, I agree with that. It's just fiber. You just take it at night, and the next day you're all fine. You get to go do it again. Okay. Well, I think it's because one of your. Never mind. Let's hear it. It's just nope. philium. It, it, it enters your head. Let's hear it now. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's because a lot of your core memories of like happy times come from when like events where you had that kind of food. And so it just brings you like happy comfort memories. So you have it, even though you know, like, oh, my tummy might hurt after this. Like, why I eat a whole jar of Nutella sometimes when I get home? You know, it's that like, because like happens. at the moment, you're like, oh my God, this is so yummy. I love eating this. And then you're like, ow, my tummy. But, like, what happens when you eat it is, like, euphoric. And also the people. I mean, the family up there is, they're awesome. Exactly. Every, like it's good every vibes. single yeah. one of them, just, you just want to hug them all day long. They're all so cool. Yeah, because when you're around family, you think, like, comfort food. You know, like, sharing a meal with family. You know, like, big groups. And so, like, I get that. Like, being more inclined to eat it because you're with those big family groups. And we spent a lot of time at Aunt Fran's that house and then at Uncle Bob's house. And both of those two, like, Aunt Fran, I they had to cook, tell like, her. I thought she said Aunt Frank's house. I'm like, no. wait a second, what? I thought Yeah, we went there. Answer. We rented it out. I had, I had to tell her, <laughs> please sit down. Please stop. 
bringing us food. She can't. She just has to keep bringing food, bringing food, bringing food all the time. Even when it was just Cecilia and I there before everybody else, just kept filling the table with food. And I'm like, Fran, you got to please just sit down. You're driving me nuts. There is, and it's an authentic generosity too, but Mm -hmm. there is a generosity in the Midwest. It really doesn't exist a lot of other places. Weirdly, on the flip side, (laughs) there are also an inordinate number of serial killers that come from that part of the country too. What do you think that's about? What do you mean? So many serial killers. There are a lot of serial killers living in the Midwest, specifically in like the Illinois, Wisconsin area, like. John Wayne Gacy is obviously from, I believe, the greater Chicagoland area. You have Jeffrey Dahmer, who was in Milwaukee, I believe. And there are other like examples. I all the biggest ones were, yeah. That come from that part of the country. I think it's just the cold. Almost cities up there. The cold may do when it you. you get to you. the wintertime and you're stuck inside for months on end and you can't really do much of anything, I think you just you lose your mind at some point, probably. Yeah. I also think so much of it, though, for like any serial killer is the way that they're like raised. Like I think their parents were like... Psycho, or you know, or like at least didn't treat them right, and that's why they are the way they are. Or well, I, certain humans the way that they do. I like to say this one: so a uh, child who grows up without a father, yeah, a little girl who grows up without a father is okay. likely to much more likely to become a stripper, and yeah. a boy who grows up without a father is much more likely to become a serial killer, either that or a beta male, one of the two. I agree with that. And most that. serial killers are beta males too, for the yeah. record. It's the it's the need for attention for females. It's the need for domination for males. Yeah. I grew up with a dad. And a mommy. That's fortunately, because otherwise you probably would be a serial killer. So we're very thankful. I just wanted to say I'm not a beta male. Honestly, dad, I think think if you hadn't had a dad, you would be a stripper right now. Oh. Because weren't you a bodybuilder? I was. So maybe if you didn't have a dad, you'd be like, I'm going to go sell my body. I feel like as a bodybuilder, you would. We we may have Tom pop those pecs coming up on the <laughs> other side. We're up on a commercial break. He is Tom McKay. She is Camilla McKay. Hanging out with the McKays for the full hour here on The Night Talker. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back here on The Night Talker, hanging out with Camilla and Tom McKay for the hour. You just heard about Tom's trip to Wisconsin this last weekend. So you were home alone while your parents were up in Wisconsin. Yes. Throw any ragers while Absolutely. they were gone or do anything else fun? If you know, you know. Uh, pull up next week. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, no ragers happened. Um, I had a couple friends over. We, uh, put a couple records on cause we have, my dad has a really cool vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we put a couple of records on, we just hung out, um, at, and then we hung out on the patio cause we have a fire pit, but we don't use it. I don't know why. Do, does that fire pit work? It works. It okay. works. Well, we, we, we don't use it's a fire kinda, pit It's right kind of hot because, out right now. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like the vibes would have been cool. Anyways. Um, just had friends over. No, it was chill. I finished up the summer camps, so I'm officially done working. Congrats. There. Um, very excited about it. Um, but yeah, I've just been chilling with my dog. Did you finish your classes? My classes? Yeah. No, I'm still taking, currently I'm taking speech calm um, over the summer. So learning how to... Speak in public. Or, okay. Or to crowds better. of people on an asynchronous online format. Is that... Not something that you're already pretty good at. Considering no, I am, but presence? it's it's a required it's a required oh, class. So I'm just getting some of like my class, even you probably know most everything. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't read the textbook once, but okay. I've gotten a hundred on all of my speeches so far. Damn. Um. So I think it's okay because I think the teachers also just 
a kind of chill teacher, you know, like as long as you have a good argument and like have evidence, actually do the work, then they're fine. Plus there's a pretty obvious give up factor at colleges these days. It really <laughs> started to show itself at the start of COVID too. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of scary. No, I remember being in school and like sending my parents pictures in the morning. I'd say, well, this is my 8am. Here's how many students there are in the classroom. No teacher. And the amount of times that our teachers would email us and be like, no class today. Uh, I'm sick. Or they'd be like, no class. Um, here's the homework, though. Have this ready by next week. And I'm like, no, this is what class time is for. This was last year. Yeah, I had so many times. For the record, 18 times. Yeah, 18 absences of my teachers. Because I would send them oh pictures God. of the classroom like every morning. Um, yeah, and so when I thought about like how much money my tuition was divided by like this class once a week, how many weeks are in a semester, I was kind of mad, but it's fine. Um, She's on the dean's list. It's a good... Yeah. What's, what's the key to public speaking for those listening right now who have that fear? Because I have no issues with it. I don't yeah. know if that's obvious or not based on radio because that doesn't always translate. My daughter has a crippling fear of performing in public, but my son is totally fine with it. So I hate public speaking like this, like like in like in format where I don't have anything pre-planned or anything. Yeah. I hate that. I think I sound stupid, but I get over it. You don't. Because, thank you, because... I feel like I can get better at it by doing it. And it's one of those things that if I have the outlet to do so, I might as well get better at it. So I appreciate being here all the time. And you're attacking um, your fear too, by the way, which is yeah, important. Exactly, exactly. Like I can't just be scared of it because I do want to have this as a skill. It's a good skill to have. Yeah. Um, But yeah, performing is easy for me because I it's memorized and I can do my own thing. But at the end of the day, there were bones there for me. I just put like meat on it. <laughs> no, you That's know, a really you, stupid I, analogy. I get that. You know yeah. exactly what you're saying. You just need to figure out the best way. How am to I going to deliver that? To deliver it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, no public speaking. Um, I think for speeches a lot. Okay. A lot of people like commercials and stuff nowadays. You ever watch those commercials about cars or whatever? And you're like, why is that person just walking in slow-mo as the car does like wheelies around them? That's so weird. Like, I feel like commercials these days just lack every aspect of like making me want to buy a product ever mm. because in, especially in classes like speech Calm, they're trying to lay it out for you step-by-step. Step. This is how you hook the audience in. So then when I watch commercials and I'm like, what is this? There's just nothing there anymore. I feel like. Okay. So speaking of communicating a message, yeah. there are three most important aspects to communicate a message. I just read it in a book, so it has to be true. But they oh actually God, did yeah. research on this. What are the three elements that matter the most when it comes to somebody actually listening to what you're saying? Rep adhering to can it? I can I guess? Yeah. Are they just like one word? I'll just yes. guess. I'll just yeah, guess. It is, it Repetition. Is Repetition, no. Oh no. Do you have any guesses? Common I don't interest. Know. Common interest, no. Knowing your audience, like what? Um, kind of. So, so the three things are yeah, tell me. <laughs> the actual words that you say. Yes. Which matters the least of these three things. Oh, the is other, it going to be the delivery, like the tone? Tone, tone. Is one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tone. And then the one that matters the most, and this one kind of blew my mind. Can you guess the third? Because tone is the second most important. The words are actually the third most the third important. Most content. Um, no. Oh, Eye okay. contact. That's part of it, I think, because it's body Engage, language. Engage, oh, yeah. yeah. Body language oh, is the most important aspect, followed by tone, followed by the words that you're using. No, growing up in theater, whenever I'd be in a rehearsal or a class or anything, if you like were standing there on stage and you were blocking a scene or whatever and you weren't being worked with, and if you stood there and you crossed your arms, the teacher would go, why are you doing that? 
why are you doing that? Are you not engaged? Because it showed like I'm, my mind is elsewhere. I'm closing yeah. myself off to what's being presented in front of me. Protecting yourself, protecting your, uh, your organs as e- a matter of Exactly. Fact. And so I always was taught like I have to be chest open, like yeah. ready and to go because that's how I prove that I'm engaged to someone. Yeah. That's and crazy. I think her and I actually, we, we watch a lot of stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think those guys. How'd you like are, that Tom Segura? Tom Segura. The, guys, we watched it go last watch night. Tom Segura's oh, new special on Netflix. So good. Everybody watch Tom Segura's <laughs> new special on Netflix. That man is hilarious. And he loves Brad Pitt as much as I do. <laughs> the, um, mm-hmm. No, it's, it, it, it is absolutely amazing to me the way comedians can basically just stand there, make some facial yes. expression, or do one little thing. And you just start laughing because of the way that they presented themselves to the words. That's still what I think is that would be perfect for everybody to watch, to learn how to do public speaking. I've never had a fear. Luckily myself, I've never had a fear of public speaking at all. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it's always been the tone more than the appearance Yeah, for me, because it, whether it's supposed to be didactic or whether it's supposed to be humorous or whatever it's supposed to be, I can do that part. Mm. I, it's, and uh, whether it's you know trying to raise money for a charity, which we've had to do that number of times, usually that instead of being all n- receptive to the people and trying to get them to, you know, feel for the reason why you want to raise money, which a lot of people use and it does work somewhat. Mine is more of a upfront approach of get out your checkbooks and let's get going, people. Yeah, why, you're, why you're are no, you acting you're no like BS. it's just because and I, it tends to work f- very well. I've mm-hmm. always been able to do it for any of the charities that we're raising money for. And I'll even call people out in the audience, which is a blast for me because I mm-hmm. love I know it's wrong for some people's way of looking at things, looking at Camilla when I say this, that I don't have any problem making somebody feel smaller when I'm trying to get their money. Mm-hmm. If, if it's for charity. Bring it on. Let's go. I'm going to say whatever I need to say to make you pay more. I'm going to tear you down to get you to donate more money. It's a strategy that clearly works for you. So kudos on figuring that one out. Your audience is receptive to that kind of I think more they don't want me to just keep going. They're like, yeah, fine, $10,000. Yeah, okay. (laughs) We will give money if you just stop. Just leave us alone. You're annoying is what I'm hearing. That's That's crazy. So you're annoying. And I don't mind doing that. If it's for charity, you got to do whatever's necessary. I mean, (laughs) you need to raise the money when it's time to raise the money. So you've never done stand-up before? I've never done stand-up. No, not really. Have you ever tried stand-up before? No. I, I would love to do it at a comedy club when they give like the five minutes. I don't know yeah. how long I could do Open it, mic. but I know I could do five minutes. No problem. With no like pre-written material? None. Just going up stage, oh, going easily. up on stage and winging it? Just do, and you could give you me would, a topic you and would, I could do you it. You would fail miserably and it would be exhilarating. And yeah. I only know that because I did stand up a handful of times in Chicago between radio things. I was mm. trying to figure out a way to <laughs> scratch that creative itch. Are there videos? Uh, I do have videos, but I have to be very careful because it's subjects <laughs> that would completely get me canceled. And Got it. Completely Got see, I think, it. I think people time, could call, call yeah. out a topic and I could do it for five minutes. No, I want to do stand-up, but I want to have stories prepared and I want to have my best friend in the front row so that when she starts laughing, I can start laughing and just like get going more and more. Because even when she was going, I used to have where somebody would say, you know, write a poem. I used to write poetry a lot. Yeah. I don't write that much anymore. Unfortunately, I probably should. But... People, I would say, fine, just give me a topic. And they could give me a topic. I could recite a poem off the top of my head. Mm. And it's comedy the same way, which a lot of my poetry is meant to be somewhat humorous. Some of it's supposed to be very dark. Let's hear it. Let's hear the funny. Funny about what? Funny poetry. 
About what? Oh, um, homeless people. Oh, my. <laughs> he said to name a topic and you would give you me did. poetry. Yeah. Homeless man sitting on the corner. Why do you sit there with your face so long? Why don't you realize that all your choices are in society's eyes just plain old wrong? Why can't you just pick up your bag, pick up your box, and pick up your cup? I was going to say bottle, but I don't have a rhyme for bottle. Pick up your cup, go on up, knock on the window, see if that dude will give it from the pickup truck. Whoa. That was cute. It wasn't bad. That wasn't bad at all. That's pretty good. Homeless man, why do you <laughs> smell so damn bad? Why don't you just go take a shower at the local hotel? You know, there's even women there sometimes that'll do it for free if you go to the one that's called a motel. <laughs> that one didn't work. We could, we could go on and on about homeless people, though, because I have a lot of feelings about them. They're not going to be too funny, necessarily, but that's... All right, well, let's... Uh, that's beautiful mm, poetry. Got a minute before this break. So going into the break, do a 45-second dark poem on hobos. On hobos? Yeah, same thing. Hobos are not the same thing. Hobos are the ones who ride trains. Okay, let's go hobos. Let's go the train. Let's go boxcar Willie here. Boxcar Willie. Hobo. 30 seconds now. Hobo, you are Jim. Jim, you are Joe. Joe, you don't even know your own name anymore. Just jump on that train. Why don't you go? It's starting to get bad. You don't want to be out in the rain. There's a train. Get out of the rain. Why don't you just go jump to another town? Nobody wants you here. There's probably somebody in that train who might give you a beer. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's dark. I mean, for him to be that. able to, to rhyme like that off the top of his head, I feel yeah. like you would do a pretty good job in a rap battle. <laughs> Eminem's 8 Mile. But I'd have to cuss a lot more in a rap battle. No question about that. Tom McKay, Camilla McKay joining me for another full hour here on The Night Talker. One more segment coming up next. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Final segment here on the Night Talker. Joined for the full hour by the McKays. That would be Camilla and Tom. This is the fifth version of these conversations. My hope is that we get to seven or eight before Camilla has to go back to Emerson in Boston. We'll find out, though. You're just going to have to stay tuned. This is actually airing on August 10th which is a Thursday. I'm technically in Colorado right now, but stay tuned because there should be at least one or two more of these before it's all said and done. So y'all made your uh, standard pilgrimage, standard pre-Night Talker pilgrimage to Barnes & Noble earlier today. We did. What music did you purchase, sir, and what books did you purchase, madam? Um, Today I purchased uh, an un... I don't know what it's called. It's an unedited um version of... What is it called? The picture of Dorian Gray. Okay. Um, because I have realized while I was reading like the start of it that I hadn't read a book in old English in a while and it was kind of becoming foreign to me. So I was like, let me get back in familiar, you know, with that I think type you of should verse. speak about this in your English accent. Um, no. Um, <laughs> She's got to kill. What else did accent. I buy? Um, what else did I buy? You bought a uh, horror story. 
oh, about a horror story. It's like a historical fiction about mm-hmm. this girl that supposedly like murdered her family. And then she gets a caretaker because she gets paralyzed and then she doesn't speak. And then the caretaker has her like use a typewriter to figure out who actually killed her family. Crazy. Have you read In Cold Blood before? No. Buy that next, please. Okay. I love the thrillers. Wait, don't buy it next because I'm going to buy it for you for a gift. As a, yes! a gift of thanks for uh, for all that y'all have done for me this summer. And then she also bought a book that was like a, uh, I can't remember what it was about. Oh, oh, it, it was, was um, um, fanaticism um, and linguists, like the, the cultish nature of language nowadays and how words um, can, what is it called, kind of permeate ideologies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, words which are... I love because I read a whole we did a whole section of that in my freshman year about how different vernacular means that people view other people differently. Like it creates a different like kind of class system based on the way that people use certain words. And are talk. you talking about like accents that and just like certain words, like the types of the specific words that they use to communicate the same thoughts? Yeah, hmm. like I feel like accents. You have an example there. Yeah, um, slay slay. I feel like everyone feels a certain way when people say slay and people like think even earlier today when you were asking me about what does it mean when you say 100, mm. like feeling 100, it's like it's a very certain like dynamic that says 100. You know what I mean? Like that's a certain group of people and there's a certain group people of people. Too hard. I was going to say there's Sorry, a certain words, there's you. a certain group of people that think <laughs> that people that say that are inferior, right? And so that's creating two different groups right there just based off that one word. Interesting. And so that book is about how it creates different um, kind of divides between the like generations and groups in our society. Damn our tribalism. Which know? is, it's so true. No, it's so true, yeah. which is crazy. Well, you think about these niche subjects that people become drawn to, like part of the allure is not just a general interest in the subject matter. Yeah. It is indoctrinating yourself in the specific language of yeah. whatever that is. Whether you're talking about like Lord of the Rings or pick something. I mean, pick sports. Sports yeah. have their colloquialisms that exactly. if you aren't familiar with the sport, you'll have no idea what somebody is talking about yeah. if they're discussing football, baseball, basketball, hockey with somebody else. No, like I always picture myself in a room of all the ESPN guys and then I'm talking about drag race and I'm like, wig, uh, wig work and then just looking at me and i'm like why don't you understand what i'm saying like like i why don't you understand me right now like wig that you put on your head yeah but it means like yeah <laughs> like it means it means something totally different like i was mm. telling you about the acronym earlier charisma uniqueness nerve talent spell that one for you charisma uniqueness nerve and talent mm. that's yeah. what we want to see on the in the workroom that's we what your charisma, the drag your uniqueness use. your nerve and your talent that's what you're judged on oh boy <laughs> see, she, like she watches vernacular. rupaul and that's what rupaul tells all of her contestants well, or his contestants I rupaul don't. has the skin i don't know what he i guess by. to throw out such advice what music did you buy at barnes and noble uh, found the jeff beck johnny depp album that they put out last year the hell Johnny Depp is a Jeff pa- Beck is a legendary guitarist. And Johnny Depp is apparently a really good bass player and singer. And so they've got guest drummers and stuff on there, mm. but Jeff Beck is lead guitarist. Johnny Depp is the bass player and singer on this album. And I want to hear the whole thing. I've heard one song before, and I just want to hear the whole thing because it sounds really good. It's just kind of a progressive rock thing. Mm. And got the original Talking Heads album, the first Talking Heads album. I found it finally. So that's good. What's the original? Just the one with uh, the, uh, I can't think of all the names of the song. It's got three, Once Upon a Time, and it's got like three different, Freaking three different Talking hits heads. from Talking Heads. Some of the best musical storytellers of all time. And 
house. It wasn't burning down the house. That was late, later, 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 much uh, later. Let's see. Discography. It's Talking Heads, yeah. 77. Yep. The Red Album. I guess that's, is that what they, I don't think it has a name. It's just Talking Heads. Yeah. Uh-oh, Love Comes to Town. Great. New Feeling. Just Happy Day. Who is it? No compl- I just love David Byrne. Just the way he, I love David the way Byrne. he presents himself on stage and Ooh, singing. Psycho Killer. Oh, it's all of them. It's, it's, it's <laughs> a my great. favorite talking head songs. <laughs> and he still does Psycho Killer in his solo shows. That's what I love. Hell yes. And that is such a great song. When even we saw him on, Broad- he did a show on Broadway, which was all the band was standing the whole time, dancing around. There was no like sitting down drummer. They were walking around and it was such a great show. I saw him in St. Vincent at the Chicago Theater yes. in Chi-Town. Oh, my God. That was such a great show. It's awesome. He's they, so cool. David Byrne is a very cool dude. And found the White Stripes. They did. I, I didn't. I'd never heard of the album before. I love, I love Jack White. So they had back when he was playing with his sister. And they had a, it was called The Full They were Col- sister. He, that wasn't his sister. They were husband and wife. I didn't even know that. They went back and forth on that when they would say brother and sister, and then they would go I husband and wife, it and they ultimately broke up. But it was yeah. it was interesting to me. Why very, would they say that? Very weird. Yeah, that's I don't so know. Weird. Well, he's a very weird dude, but he's really he's good. At, he's from Wisconsin, <laughs> and he can write songs. I'm like, just kidding. I think he's no. from Michigan. I think he's from Michigan, though. <laughs> I was like, he's a serial killer too. I think like, Jack White could write an entire album in like an hour. Oh, the guy, he's, the he's guy's brilliant. incredible. He's brilliant. That's but why it, he has like three or four different bands. It was an interesting album. Really except it was called The Full Collection, and I expected it to be like all of the White Stripes stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, it was just a collection of songs that they did at one time, and I'd never heard of any of the songs, so I had mm. to get it. And it just looks like it's going to be really good. I don't know. I haven't heard anything on it yet. So I have to ask you all this because I think we went over it briefly last show mm-hmm. y'all were y'all gave your review for Oppenheimer which I have still not seen yet I'm hoping to catch uh, it there's an IMAX here in Austin right there know. is down by the domain I'm hoping to catch it oh god I hate that theater I wouldn't go there that is one of the worst theaters I've ever you don't have to you don't have to go to IMAX to see Oppenheimer just go to a theater with the good reclining seats and just chill and get right in the middle and just vibe out okay have y'all seen Barbie I have. I saw it on Sunday. She went and saw it without me. With oh. A group of gals for oh. a girl's birthday. Okay, you know what? That makes sense, though. I She's going to go. We're, we're going to go this weekend. She's going to see it again, she said. Yeah, I'll be. Okay. Have you seen it? You saw it, right? I did see it la- a week ago. How do we feel? Went with my wife. I thought it was hilarious. I agree. It was amazing. I, thought- I think it's hilarious that everybody's talking about how people are so upset, but yet I've never heard anybody that's actually upset. Um, that, that is an interesting point. Now I haven't talked with it about it, uh, talked with this movie, uh, with a bunch of my guy friends. I don't know how many of my guy friends have seen the movie just yet. Yeah. I don't go around volunteering this information uh, necessarily, but I'd be happy to have that conversation. I understand where people might start to find themselves upset, but if you're really that upset, did you watch to the end of the movie? I agree. Because the point wasn't about patriarchy. The point was about trying to treat everybody as fairly as possible, knowing that that it is impossible and giving everybody else a chance and not necessarily shutting somebody down because of any one thing. Exactly. The point was equity, equity. But we can discuss that one in Mission Impossible on our next show because we're going to see them both this weekend. Okay, I will not have seen Mission Impossible, so we will get your thoughts on Barbie as well. I do have a couple of criticisms with Barbie. I'm ready. I only because, had by the one. Way, I only had one super super nitpicky thing because overall I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. Like Greta Gerwin should win every award that she deserves. Yep. Whatever. Choreography, costume, set design. What's your one nitpick then? Because I, um, I wonder if you and I share the same nit. I thought that 
Ryan Gosling sometime towards the end of the movie, only towards the end of the movie, I thought that he started so strong and campy, you know, like so out there that by the end of the movie, it just got really old and really like, it's not funny anymore. It's just kind of like, okay, we get it. You're being a stereotype. Now, since you've been the stereotype, it's coming off as just like bad now. Like it's yeah. coming off as just rude. You know what I mean? Or like too authentic to a point. Um, like the, I think the he could have had a big did get arc. a little bit old, but he was so yeah. funny in the beginning. Oh, he I'm was so funny. Forgive that. Yeah. The two parts that I think that sh- that Greta was trying a little bit too yeah, hard. And by the way, for anybody who is upset at some of the extremes that they go to, it is a fantasy satire. Yes, that's exactly what you need to expect in a fantasy satire where they literally go from the Barbie world to the real Real world world. back to the Barbie world. Yes. The two force parts for me was when she was uh, escaping the Mattel corporation. Mm -hmm. And I know this is about the choreography, so I guess it's forgivable, but when she's escaping, they have like a five minute scene where they're running around the cubicles. Yeah. And I'm like, you couldn't catch her. Yeah, That that was a complete waste of time to me. That was trying a little bit too hard. I agree. Came across as corny. And then also, they did the one song that I think they pulled off really well around the campfire. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to follow that up with a second song. I agree. That got a bit excessive, and the second song wasn't all that good. I think they could have accomplished what they did on the beach yeah. without putting that second song in I there. agree, because it got to a point where it's like, okay, so you just added a whole musical number for what? Right. Like, why did we add this musical number? This yep. isn't a musical. Yeah, you're trying to turn it into a musical in the last 45 minutes Exactly. Of the I'm like, no, we already had a thing going. Like, yeah. we already had a thing going. Let's not ruin a good thing. I do feel like that kind of got to them a little bit, but at the end of the Day, every single joke they took like they took every single opportunity so i really appreciate oh, yeah. that um and yeah the inside the oh, i'm not even gonna say anything i'm gonna <laughs> let him see it we'll talk more about barbie coming up next week when i have the mckay's back on the night talker tom mckay camilla mckay thank you so much thank you for listening back tomorrow at 10 in the meantime have your slaves uh, uh, have yourselves a great rest of the night and sweet dreams it's the night talker with trey ellings